sound cue, go. Welcome to Off Headset, a theater podcast for very, very handsome people. I'm Alessandro Guyron. And I'm Adam Lemos. So, Adam, we received a couple questions and comments, mostly questions, uh, from our listeners in the past few weeks since we began this program. Um, and I'm just going to run through a couple of them really quick. Okay. And give them the answers they deserve. Is Adam as handsome as he sounds? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Are you guys on iTunes yet? Yes, and we're on... Since we're on iTunes, we're on pretty much every other single podcast listening service. Is the podcast a self-indulgent excuse for Sandro to have a platform? Mind your own business. And then this one came from a listener. Not directly, it was kind of a subtweet. Why do people hate on cats when Shrek the Musical has the nerve to exist? I want to unpack this a little bit. Sure. I think Shrek the Musical is a brilliant piece of artistry, and it should be given the respect it deserves. Yeah. I mean, honestly. Shrek has got it all. Let me go down the list I have written right I here. Have, uh, uh, you prepared. <laughs> Shrek. It's got a fantasy setting. Everybody loves fantasy. It's got bomb tracks. You know, All-Star is just the beginning. Every track in that movie and thusly the musical is bomb <laughs> this very distinct imagery if you look at a silhouette of shrek you look at a silhouette of donkey you're gonna know you're gonna know exactly who they are mm-hmm. uh, message about loving who you are easy no question pop culture references everybody loves those memes eddie murphy these are all fantastic Things to have in a musical. Indeed. I think I think Shrek the Musical <laughs> should be respected. I've only seen half. Okay, which half? The first half. Okay. <laughs> it That's was on Netflix. Yes, it was. On, I think but, it's still on Netflix. Really? I think so. I have an idea. Oh, God. We're going to watch it. Okay. And then we're going to talk about we're it. We're going to talk about Shrek. For a whole episode. All right. Whole episode. <laughs> Stand by, listeners. Yeah, so look for that. <laughs> look for that in the coming weeks. That is yeah. happening. I mean, it's got Sutton Foster. It's got Brian Darcy James. I don't know who any of these people yeah, are. Yeah, I know you don't, but my <laughs> listeners will. Uh, I love me some Sutton Foster. Uh, granted, the only song I actually know. I know, like, I've listened to most of the music, but, like, Sutton Foster, I know it's today. Great female power ballad trio. Good times. You know, you see Fiona's mental breakdown in her tower, so yeah. that's mm-hmm. pretty exciting. Uh, but yeah, it's a fun show. It's got Morning Person is a good song. I'm basically just going to name everything Sutton Foster does in the show. <laughs> I think I got you beat. You know, it's just, it's the, fun. The and point is... I would rather watch Shrek yeah, than Cats. Yeah, the point is, Meredith, Shrek doesn't <laughs> have the nerve to exist. We are privileged enough to exist in a reality where Shrek the Musical is a thing. Damn. I think Shrek, honestly, like, in the creation of the movie, I feel like they, it kind of should have been a musical from the start. Yeah, I can see that. It's got that kind of that kind of classic arc I that think, a lot of musicals go through. I think the evolution, though, from a movie to a stage musical is, uh, is just makes it even more beautiful. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 
right, thank you for indulging me. Um, we will have an episode dedicated <laughs> to Shrek the Musical. Good. All right, do you want to take it away with our main topic today? Yeah, sure. So today we're going to be mostly talking about auditions. Uh, just, you know, everything about them from finding them to preparing for them to, you know, getting through them. What's that like? Um, especially as like a young 20-something actor just like starting out. Um, can't, be, can't be that hard, right? Well, can't be, can't be that you'd hard. be surprised. <laughs> uh, because the first thing is, obviously, first thing is you have to find these auditions. And I've been talking to, you know, some of the people who I graduated with who are also actors. And the tricky thing is, you know, just like, where do you find them, first of all? That can always be really challenging because, you know, you want to get into these big like open cattle calls for like the big theaters for example so very recently i want to drop back real quick and talk about what a cattle call is yeah so um so very recently i went to a cattle call for arena and signature theaters which um big regional theaters in dc and essentially you you know preferably get there as soon as you can because it's always going to be very busy and you try and get your name on the list and they will go down that list in order that people arrived and you get 60 seconds to like 120 you'll get maybe two minutes in the room and you don't Um, have any sort of cold reads you go in with something you prep something whatever showcases your best work and so recently i went to this arena slash signature call with a monologue and 16 bars of a song which you know is not a lot and if you're lucky you might get called in to audition for a show that they're doing you a lot of times they'll pull like understudies from these calls or if they find just like a promising sort of face promising plucky young actor yeah (laughs) shut up (laughs) um but like the thing is and i remember very distinctly actually after the fact walking out of there and like the thing is like most of the time when you're like just starting out this seems to be the consensus from all of my friends it's like we know that we're going to these and we're not going to get cast off of them yeah and that is a really interesting i think outlook just in general that actors have to get used to in auditioning that isn't really found in a lot of other businesses like, you never go into a job interview with the expectation of, I'm not going to get this, but, yeah. you know, I'm going to do this for the experience. Well, sometimes, but not to the complete Not extent. to the extent, yeah. yeah. Because I very, I, I remember I was talking to you and Bianca after that signature yeah. arena call, mm-hmm. and you guys were like, how did it go? And I was like, I mean, it went well. It went really well. Um, I'm not going to get cast, but, you know, I'm yeah, very glad were, I went. You were very frank. And like, I like was not very frank. Like, I'm not going to get cast. And both you and Bianca were like, Psh, what are you talking about? You're going to get cast. It's going to be... And I was like, no, guys, you don't understand. I didn't say that. <laughs> you definitely both were like, oh, shut up. You're going to get cast. But, like, that was, I think, actually a really important conversation for us to have that helps me realize and sort of gather my thoughts for this episode that like one of the biggest things that you can do to help yourself as a young actor auditioning is go to those big open calls knowing that you most likely aren't going to get anything from it but just like work and work and work 
your material for auditions so that when something does come up, you've put it through the ringer, and you may even have gotten a lot of really useful feedback. Because that was the huge thing, is... Okay, so, (laughs) at this arena signature call, first of all, this is something that not a lot of people know. They have calls for equity and non-equity actors. If you're in the union, you know, you get priority. Is it called the Actors Union? Actors Equity Association. I I think... I don't know. When people say union, I think of Yahtzee. If you're in <laughs> Actors' Equity, um, you have these, you'll have specific calls, and you get prioritized essentially. But a lot of people don't know that even if you're not Equity, you can go to these Equity calls, and if they have openings, they will see non-Equity actors at these calls. Um, so, do the Equity actors take precedence? Yeah. So you can have been waiting for an hour, but if an equity person shows up, they immediately get slotted in front of you on these equity days and on the non-equity days. But so that's what happened. So equity actors can roll in non-equity days as well. And so that's what happened is there were three days of auditions and everyone went to the non-ec day on Friday. Uh, A friend of ours went and got there like 10 in the morning and she was already number 200 in line and she didn't wind up getting seen because just it was just flooded but the thing is i went on that wednesday and so i got there 9 30 in the morning and i was number 11 and there were so few people there that they actually took time in the audition room after the fact to like give some feedback which was really cool so you gotta you gotta watch out giving out these tips <laughs> right <laughs> i mean all all 50 or 100 of our viewers that's that's a secret we, we love you all thank we you love for you listening all. yeah thank you so much <laughs> i mean everyone should know it yeah go to whichever call you can get to as soon as possible because like i said i got there at 9 30 in the morning and I was number 11, I was the second group scene, and they had time to kill. And so these really amazing casting directors, after the fact, they gave me notes on my audition monologue and my song. They helped me figure out like a really awkward transition that I had between the two. And we got mm-hmm. to chat a little bit about my experience, how I had just graduated from George Mason, sort of what I'm doing in the area, and what... I want to do in the future and so just in general like right off the bat you know you've got a good sort of training grounds where you get these really really successful casting directors looking at you saying this is what you need to fix this is what I liked we'll see you again next year and and another year and then you come back and hopefully you've gotten some work and also like like if you're if you're going to these auditions and you're constantly getting this practice. There is always the chance that you could get cast exactly. as well. Yeah. So I went to that audition and it was so funny because I walked out of there feeling really good. I, you know, I had, I think, not perfected. I never want to say perfected, but I really had a good grip on this like 90 second piece essentially that I can take into an audition now. And literally two hours after the audition, a good friend of mine Facebook messaged me, uh, hey, here is an audition for Illyria, which is a musical version of Twelfth Night. 
Okay. That's going yeah. up in the area mm-hmm. at a smaller theater, but it's still a professional theater. Which theater? Uh, WSC Avant Bard. They were Avant Bard. Yeah, that's <laughs> <right>? great. <laughs> um, but so they do a lot of sort of experimental Shakespeare, really cool work. Are they in DC? They're like right around like the outskirts. They're like actually like down the street from Signature. Oh, cool. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. But so they do really cool stuff, and uh, I've actually. I was part of a play reading festival there. This same good friend, Rebecca Walls, she took an adaptation of Dido. Is this the thing that I, I stage managed? Yeah, she yeah. took the Dido reading. Yeah. Um, we did that there. And so I've always thought it was a really cool environment. And so Rebecca was like, hey, check out this audition. You would be really good for this. And so it was really just like serendipitous was the word that I kept using for it because... I just because got out like of this audition. I like big words, <laughs> but I'd like just gotten out of this audition um, where I like felt really good and like prepared for my next one. And then what do you know? It my friend sends me an audition. I just had that audition this past Saturday. Uh, it went really well. The thing is, like, just go to all of these auditions that you can because you know at that audition I emailed for a time slot and I never heard back. I don't know if they had just filled up or whatnot. And I was, like, really kind of down about it. I was like, well, I guess I won't go. Like, they didn't email me back about a slot. But that's what a quitter sounds like. Yeah, right? That's what a quitter sounds like. Until, you know, my roommate Haley kicked my butt and told me, you need to go. Thank God for Uh, her. And so I went to the audition, and I got in, and I got seen. And I felt really good about it. Uh, I did everything that I had practiced at Arena and Signature's call, and I just found out today that I got a callback. Hey! Is that what you were waiting to tell me? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I got a callback. That's um, what I'm talking about. It's a really cool show. And so I've got that on Saturday now. And so it's just, like, amazing how these things work out. Well, it snowballs. Yeah, it snowballs. And it's just you just have to stay vigilant and like like we said thank god Haley kicked my butt so that i went to this one and i mean this this applies to everything this applies to everything yeah, like yeah. everything in your life you're looking for like a job or something it's it's just like this yeah. this is just a little bit more a little bit more intensive yeah yeah and i think that's just the other big thing is just finding those auditions that you know you're right for because these big cattle calls at the regional theaters, they advertise very well, but there's a ton of great theater in the D.C. area. They just don't advertise as and much. And most, most major metropolitan areas, too. Like. Yeah. Either they, like, pull from a smaller database that they kind of build themselves. They don't necessarily put out casting calls as yeah. widely as the regional theaters do. So just being able to hunt down those auditions at uh, these other places is the biggest thing. So you stay on the ball and you stay active and involved in your work. Um, so oh, so that they, you can they find tend to be stuff. really interesting gigs yeah. too. The smaller theaters usually have a lot, like, they don't really have anything to lose. So so they just kind of put on whatever. You can do more experimental stuff oh, yeah. and it's not all about just like pleasing big donors. Yeah, I, for you sure. Know? Absolutely. Um so just sort of keeping a positive, constructive outlook 
through audition season is huge. And, you know, this is my first audition season out of college. And so I keep having to remind myself, you know, I look at friends who I really respect, and but then I look at what they were doing, who are a couple years older than me, but then I look at what they were doing my age and like, okay, where were they when they were my age? And so it's really hard not to compare yourself yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, because you, you know? don't you don't want to compare yeah. yourself to your friends. Um, so just being able to rivals. like, <laughs> just being able to look around and realize we are still really young and new to this, and this is kind of like the first time a lot of us have been kicked out of the nests, yeah, so sure. to speak. So to even get like a callback for a show in my first audition season, I'm very flattered um, yeah, and excited exciting. about. That's really awesome. Um, and just sort of like taking all of these lessons and absorbing them like a sponge of, you know, how to prep for the next one. Because I'm so bad at prepping for auditions. Uh-huh. I just... I procrastinate. I'm terrible at procrastinating. I mean, let's, and then, let's talk about prepping then. Like, yeah. Typically, every actor wants to have a book of monologues and songs just sort of like ready to go at all times. And I've got a couple monologues that I've been like, I've polished and like had ready to go through school. And you have like different monologues yeah, for, like, for different like different genres things. And stuff. Um, I've got my go-to Shakespeare. I've got my go-to, you know, romance. But... Every now and then you'll need to find something that you need to polish up or you need to find new material. And I personally am really bad at self-directing, which I think, you know, is pretty common. Yeah. Um, a lot of, A lot of times you need someone else to, like, pick at your stuff. And so just being able to get, like, a trusted friend, pull them aside for, like, an hour and treat them to coffee afterwards or something, but to have them being like, no, this isn't playing the way that you think it is, so try it this way. So usually that'll be Haley or, you know, a good friend, Ashley, has helped me a lot recently. And just being able to, like, vibe off of other actors and other artists to, you know, just get yourself in that mindset of experimenting and playing again. And then rehearsing it enough so that you know the choices to make in the moment when the time comes, but so that it doesn't get stale. That's going to be huge in terms of audition prep. And then on the day of, hopefully, some of it stuck. And sometimes (laughs) it doesn't. Yeah. Um, I had another audition very recently where I'd been practicing and practicing and practicing these two contrasting Shakespeare monologues. And... I was so ready and just it felt so good in the rehearsal room. And then I got in there and I just, you know, deer in the headlights moment. Mm -hmm. And like everyone has them, whether it's an interview or you're giving a presentation or you're in an audition. Or recording a podcast. Or recording a podcast. (laughs) You'll have just like a deer in the headlights moment and you'll just flub. How do you recover from that? And what do you learn and take away for the next time? And just again like i said just repeating and absorbing all of these mistakes and these lessons and the biggest thing that you can do after any audition is i've heard this advice over and over again and it always helps is treat yourself afterwards now that i can <laughs> that i understand walk out of the audition leave it in the room and forget about it move on to the next one Go get whatever latte makes your day, (laughs) whatever cookie you only let yourself have on special occasions. 
you just do it because you reward it's literally you reward yourself and you trick your brain so that these auditions seem less scary or yeah. that you're at least somewhat motivated to go because you know ugh after this audition I can go get a milkshake yeah. or after this I can you know take a bubble bath or whatever <laughs> that vice might be and it's so helpful and it helps get it out of your head so that you're not just dying over it. And I had an audition this past fall where I didn't get a chance to treat myself. And I was torturing myself oh my for God. like a week because it was, it was Pride and Prejudice. And for anyone who knows me, I love Pride and Prejudice. I love anything like... British, high class, like, I'm a sucker for it. (laughs) And so I was like, I got this, like, I've nailed this. And I bombed the audition, uh, which Mm -hmm. happens. And then I had to get on the road because it was, it was like back home. It was down south, four Mm -hmm. hours. I had to immediately get on the road after the audition and drive for four hours by myself in traffic and just be like stuck with your thoughts. And it was terrible. Um, And so just being able to detach and, you know, walk away from it and just forget about it and treat yourself is huge because, you know, you you can't get hung up. You can't get hung up on those failures or successes. That's the other thing is you can't walk out of a room and get too cocky because when, you know, say that email doesn't come, we don't get it, then that, like, resignation to defeat hurts, like, even worse. Yeah. So, so prep, get in there expecting to fail, but hoping to learn something, hoping to learn something, treat yourself. Yeah. And then what? Like, like, do you, so obviously there's going to be a period of time after the audition where you're being like, oh, maybe I'll hear something. Maybe I'll hear something. Like, like, okay. At what point do you, like, if you didn't get it, what point do you just kind of go, okay, like it's time to move on? Well, that's the thing is like. Half of the time, you might not know. Yeah. Some theaters will be very prompt in getting back to you. Some theaters just won't email you. Won't even reach out. If you're lucky, weeks down the line, you'll hear something. Yeah. And so it's that's why being able to just immediately drop it is so useful. Yeah. Um, Because... You know, I, I've been in that situation where you just didn't hear for weeks. And, like, at that point, you know, maybe it's all right because you've kind of accepted it. And so by the time that email comes, like, hey, we, you didn't get it, you're like, yeah, I kind of figured. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, generally, if they're gracious, they will give at least some sort of time frame. Uh-huh. Like, you, we, we want to let people know by, like, the end of the month. You should f- be able to ask is the other thing is like I feel like a lot of times actors and like I still do this is actors forget that this is supposed to be a friendly collaboration in the room to just feel how you work together be able to ask your auditors questions just as they would probably ask you about your process or what the monologue is like obviously don't waste their time but you know being able to ask like hey when can I expect to hear back? Or, you know, if you get a call back, is there anything specific that, you know, you're looking for for next season 
or whatnot. Just like realizing that these people, you're gonna see them again. Yeah. Because you're gonna see them at the next season's audition. So being able to just work with them. Uh, and like I said, like don't annoy them. Don't take up too much of their time. Um, because they see so many people in one day. But just being able to have like a working relationship with a director is very important. Um, so, yeah, you know, just ask, when can I expect to hear? And if it's not the person in the room, the person checking in or, you know, whoever sets up the auditions, you can shoot them an email yeah. and, like, get that information at a later time. We're going to start wrapping up. Yeah. But you've mentioned this a few times, audition season. Yeah. When When is that? Like, so, I've, heard, I've heard the term before. Typically, it's going to be from January-ish towards, like, April. Because seasons usually end around Christmas. Yeah, seasons usually end around Christmas, so they're looking to get into the process by the start of the new year. Yeah. So that's about when, you know, you if you're an actor, you want to have like 50 copies of your headshot and resume printed, uh-huh. <laughs> ready to go at the door. So when you hear about something, you can run out and just run to it. Yeah. Um, and that's when a lot of work gets cast or when it just like a lot of auditions happen. So it's right around that time period and being able to prep for that and know it's coming has been something that I've learned and been working on recently um, and in the past couple months, you know, I've taken a lot of really valuable lessons away from this first audition season and so I'm very nice. excited for any projects that come from this but also like whatever comes like next season well I'm very proud of you for getting yeah. a callback well, thank you it's funny uh, just thinking about cattle calls Tech technicians have cattle calls too yeah. all the theaters have cattle calls for technicians as well I've never done it because I really really would not feel good about walking into a room surrounded by technical directors mm-hmm. and you know you know tds they're a yeah. certain type of person yeah and, and having like 12 of them stare me that down and ask me questions very intense I like would, unblinking oh my games. god oh my god like i don't even know how actors do it man at least you're pretending to be another person yeah and you're not even you're not even talking to the auditor you're yeah fixed on another person isn't it funny though how like <laughs> Our our line of work, like the term cattle call to describe us <laughs> looking for work yeah. is a thing. That's kind of messed up a little bit. Yeah. That's a little bit Did messed you know, up. There are there are jobs and there are fields where the company takes you to dinner and persuades I've you heard, to work for you them. Know, you, you know? You know? <laughs> you know I have heard they they don't take you to dinner. They fly you out to they a hotel. Fly you out, they fine dine <laughs> and you. We, and we go to cattle call. We crawl in on our hands and knees <laughs> give, give begging work. for work. Give me work. I just God, who was it? Some one of our friends does like computer science or something, and like Google like took them to dinner yeah. mm-hmm. and was like, "Please come work for us." And it was just the most outlandish thing it was I had ever heard. Crazy! I I don't understand. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> but so, we do theater because we, we love it. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so think about that next time you're going to a cattle call actors. Yeah. 
Could have done computer no, science. No, don't and think. About, why don't didn't think, die? Don't think about that. No, do not think about that at all. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I could. I could go for some whining and dining right now. <laughs> That's yeah. Let's go to dinner, babe. <laughs> um. I guess I guess we about as well start wrapping this up. Yeah, please. You know, remember to follow us, uh, like us on Facebook. I was thinking it could be really interesting if you are an actor or you are a director. Hit us up and let us know what your favorite thing is, your least favorite thing is about auditioning directors. What's your biggest pet peeve oh, when it yeah. comes to watching actors audition? Yeah, that'd be I think that would be really about. interesting to hear about. Um, we do have an email now. Yes. Uh, it's offheadsetpodcast at gmail.com. Yes. So uh, if you guys have any comments based on that, uh, any actors or directors, or just anything else, feel free to email us or yeah. reach out to us on Facebook. Uh, oh, sorry about the podcast being late this week. Yes. Adam and I have we're, had opposite schedules for the past few days. Busy boys. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, as always, to India Maze for our album art. Thank you to Pup for the use of their song, Sleep in the Heat, for our intro and now outro music hey. this time. I'm finally going to do it. Nice. I think I finally made it sound okay. <laughs> I guess that's it. Yeah, sure. Is there anything else we want to plug? Uh, I don't have anything going on. Not right now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you for listening. This is uh, Sandro Offetsa. Adam Offetsa. Yeah.